Hello, 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 everyone. This is Self-Discovery with Survivor Empower Life Coach Financial. I am your Osalicia. I'm a certified life coach and an accountant. I'm also certified in the state of Connecticut to assist individual in an active domestic violence and or sexual abuse situation. I'm also a survivor of domestic violence myself. Self-Discovery is here to assist survivor in rediscovering themselves through my podcast with relevant topics where we discuss how, why, and solution. Before you get started this afternoon, I want you to get your journal, pen, paper, notebook, and I want you to write down whatever resonates with you. Tonight is gonna be a very wonderful evening. We have a couple of gentlemen here. And when I say gentlemen, I mean gentlemen. I know one of them personally, I met another one um, a couple of weeks ago and the other gentleman, they come highly recommended. Um, we're gonna discuss abuse and accountability. And we know that abuse can go from either sex, either direction, but tonight we're gonna focus a little bit about the male being the abuser and accountability. and. I'm looking forward for these gentlemen' perspective, thoughts, ideas on it. So without further ado, um, I'm going to start off with Jason because I'm familiar with him. Um, please introduce yourself. My name is Jason Modest. I am, uh, I, I, I wear many hats. I am a uh, independent travel agent. I have my own business uh, with IntelliTravel. You can find me on Instagram, Vacate a Modest Way. I also uh, co-own uh, Modest Business Solutions, uh, which is also an Instagram, and uh, we help establish small, medium-range businesses uh, from startup, uh, try to get them to the top. Nice, nice. And Eric? Uh, Eric Watson here. Uh, I am a friend to everyone. I'm presently and happily retired from Metro North Railroad. Uh, I have a travel agency myself called Vicky Boy Travels, which you can uh, you can actually check out my site on, um, on Facebook. Uh, and I'm also a voice actor. I've uh, been doing that for several years. I've been doing uh, the Vicky Boy Travels for several years. I'm enjoying both. I'm realizing how all of this is coming together to just help me be a better person. And I'm loving it. I'm loving who I'm meeting, what's going on, what's happening. Through this, I was able to meet you, Ms. Brown. I love it. And uh, hey, I'm 100% with what you're doing and how you're doing it. I turn it over. Hi, ah, Anthony, you're next. And I'm Anthony Rainey. I'm a chef uh, over 20 20, 20, 21 years plus. I'm a photographer and also I'm an independent, independent travel agent at Intel uh, Travel. You can find me on Facebook. Okay, nice. And Ron, you're up. Uh, good evening and good afternoon to each and everyone on this call. My name is Ron McClammy. I'm out of Brooklyn, New York. A little out of breath because I'm on my bike. <laughs> So I would say this, I am an entrepreneur, second generation owner of my family's business, which is 59 years old, Max Enterprises. I'm also a travel advisor, my company. Um, you can find me at whatif.mcclammy.com. I am also a New York certified aromatherapist for the last 25 years. Uh, I'm a photographer for Barclays. I shoot for the Nets with a program called Reading Plus for young people moving them up uh, the educational ladder. Uh, I wear many hats, as Brother Jason said earlier. And excuse me, like I said, I'm a little out of breath, but it will settle down shortly. But I'm just happy to be here. The subject matter is one that we need to speak about. It's one that has been plagued our communities for just too long. So. Hopefully I can add something, some enlightenment to what I've seen and what I've shared. Good. The floor is back to you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you all very much. I'm so happy once again to have everyone here tonight. 
So I will start off the topic by throwing out there. How can we, as a community, as a Black community, and have a community overall? Because domestic violence doesn't discriminate at all. It's, it's, it doesn't care about your color, your sex, your economic status, your title or anything or what you have, it impacts us. So when we talk about domestic violence tonight, what we share can definitely help regardless of where you fall. So with that being said, the first question I wanna ask, how do we get the abuser, talking about the abuser being male, how do we get them to be accountable? I think I think one of one of the main things, and this is Eric speaking, I think one of the main things that's necessary and it's interesting uh, to get rid of guilt and to get rid of shame mm -hmm. um, about about what has happened. Uh, because you can use guilt as a way of saying, well, uh, I'm gonna keep on doing it no matter what, you know, I just don't care. And to, because once, once you become responsible for your actions, things change. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing, and it's interesting because it works both ways on the aggressor and the aggressee, mm -hmm. at least I believe, it but also, um, to understand the shame because it turns it, it is a truth that quite a few individuals who are aggressive, they have been aggressed also. Mm -hmm. And they haven't learned how to change the perception of themselves. So they follow through with something that they tell themselves. Well, it was done before, or I saw somebody else do it, or it happened to me, so I'm going to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And once you acknowledge that it was a shameful thing, once you acknowledge and you accept, you accept the guilt, but you let go of it, then you can allow yourself to heal. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, I'm listening to you you're saying that for the aggressor, because we're talking about the one who's doing the abuse right now. They have to get rid of the shame, but that come with acknowledging that they have done something that's not correct or not right, that's not acceptable, that's not human, because it might be acceptable in their environment, but to physically harm someone is not nice, because that's some of the problems we know we have. Generational abuse, monkey see monkey do you see that's the way to conflict resolution so how do you actually get that person besides what or what stage do you think we have to start to say to these young men because young boys become young men young men become adults adults become older men how do you at what point do you start what do you I mean, what's your thought everyone please uh, this is uh, Jason Modis here. I, you know, my belief is that everything uh, begins uh, in the home. So at the point where uh, a young boy becomes a man, which is usually around 12, he, his influences, what, what, is, what are his influences in the home? What he sees, is it a positive thing? Uh, his interactions, uh, if the father's around, uh, whoever the most influential male is in his life, uh, I think it, it it starts around that time because that's when you're you're young enough to to be impressionable and, and take on what you believe a man is supposed to be based on what you see. Um, I mean, we are all exposed to different things. You know, the world the way it is now. Uh, stimulation comes from everywhere. Uh, we're bombarded with images of 
just such a variety that nothing is right and nothing is wrong. So there has to be uh, a, a point, a focal point, and I believe it would start in the home um, where certain things are corrected and standards are, are beginning to, to be set. And, and again, it may not be the father, but whoever the, the positive, emphasizing the word positive uh, male role model. And again, we go back to, it takes a village to raise a child. Um, so it, it comes from many different factors and, and, you know, the world's not perfect. And sometimes it's very hard to find that positive role model. Uh, but I think it, for me, it would start from there, uh, that that circle, not just the family, close relatives, close friends, and, and who that individual is going to mimic or, you know, start in a sense, kind of copying and, and moving forward. Back to you. I agree with you. Um, anyone else? Any other thoughts? Yes, I, I have a thought to convey. I think it was mentioned earlier, um, generational abuse. And that just made me think of this like, and just like not the piggyback and the piggyback from um, what Brother Moves said, it's like when you are raised seeing certain things, everything in the home. And it's like, if you see your dad always hitting your mom at a younger age, as you get older and you constantly see it too, maybe vice versa, maybe the young man or the young woman. I think for me, sometimes when, when people have underlying issues, they may see that as the norm. Okay, I've seen this all my life. So this is the normal. Mm -hmm. I think, oh, I see my dad abuse my mom. Or maybe I see my mom abuse my dad. And when you see that, and just like uh, Brother Moe said, when you see that, and I'm taking to an earlier age, you take it to a and just follow four or five years old. If you constantly see that, by the time that young child become 13, they would think that's the norm because that's all they've seen. And it comes from the household. Regardless, you know, some people see doctors and um, some people see lawyers. But when you see that type of action and if a person knows that they you might see a person go, well, bro, let me pull you aside. Let's see if you that woman. And it's now that back in the day, you could take somebody aside. You maybe now sometimes now they hard to communicate to some of you. So when you think about um, generational youth, I think sometimes it may start at an earlier age. But at the end of the day, if a, if a young man that's all he's seen, how can you get him to something that was wrong? Because he may not see that but that's all he's been seeing, even though. An outside person looking in may see that it's wrong. But for that person, vice versa, maybe a young man, maybe a young woman. Some woman fall into uh, abusiveness because that's all they've seen. They've seen their mother in it. And, may they, and they may not be aware of how people around them. The guy must say, no, honey, this is not right. Maybe some family members not may not want to speak up because you go back to the, the generation of you. That's like, one of your family knows Johnny ain't right around kids and everybody knows, but nobody not saying that. Mm -hmm. That's far back over. How they make a, you know, little kids. Okay. Ron? I was trying to come back in using one of my other devices um, if you'd have to allow me in. But, but let's hold on up for a second. Um, I, I love what's been said thus far. Um, you, you know, uh, I, I truly believe a lot of stuff starts at home. I'm a proud father of five children, uh, two daughters, three sons. Um, blessed that I've not had a problem with them. Um, but there are, some, well, there are some issues. Why? Because I wasn't in a home. 
Um, I actually raised my three boys independently of their mom to a certain point. Um, they grew up to be very respectful young men. Matter of fact, my twin, I have twin boys, my youngest, they just turned 28 yesterday. Um, my oldest son is in his late 40s. Um, the, the blessings here is that I grew up with both parents. So I had an idea of what family structure should look like. Something that Brother Mata said, Brother Rainey said is that we don't have that structure the way that we should. And it's for a variety of reasons. One, because of disparity, disparity between the father and mother and the father may not be coming back to do what he needs to do, to do whether it's discipline, talking to him, having those man conversations. We tend to have these situations which now that male child leans on the mother to a certain point until he grows out of that, then there's a level of disrespect. Once a child starts to disrespect the mother in the home, how much respect would he have to any other woman that he's gonna see or run into in the world? You know, so that that limits that understanding right there off the bat. Um, one of the things that we did in this in our organization, which I don't know if the brothers had spoken about, we're we have an organization called Brothers in Business. We call it, we say, adopt a child, adopt a young man, adopt a senior. We do that because we are knowledgeable men. We've been around. We want to lean on those young men who have not had a male role model to give them what they need to have. Um, that's so important as we see so many, you know, young men doing things that was despicable for me growing up. You know, I'm an age, I'm an age person. I'll come on the screen so I can get a chance to. But, um, you know, I, I've, if we don't fight that, if we don't, as a people, learn to help young men and women to go through their rights of passage so they can understand the role that they should play in, in, our, in our lineage, then we're lost as a people. Um, so I think it's, it's so important that we reach out to all young men, fathers be fathers. You know, be a father, you know, be a grandfather, you know, be an uncle, you know, be a mentor, you know. So those things will help those young men who are going off because sometimes they have not had anyone to speak to. You know, um, fortunately enough, I've been associated with various organizations, uh, the Order of the Feather out of Old Menacing in Harlem. Uh, we started in 1946. The, the subject was to get young men and women off the streets, to give them something they had not been a part of. One of the main um, focal points of that is our rights of passage for young men. That was a major piece um, that it allowed us to train these young men who the mothers brought them to us because the mothers had no idea what to do with these young men. And we took them on. We, we brought them in at the age of 13. We're still in existence, by the way. Um, so was the feather out of in Harlem. But there are other organizations that some of the brothers on this call, as well as myself, have been affiliated with to be able to do some things that can change the path that some of these young men are going in that would cause this violence that we're having, you know? Uh, um, and, and it's, you know, you look at it and you, you just, you say, wow, why would people do I'm just talking about violence in total. And I know the subject matter is the abuse, you know, to women. Well, the abuse comes because a lot of them are abusing their mothers as well, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and the, the I'm looking for a letter that I found I've been reading it lately. Matter of fact, I was speaking to a pastor yesterday that told me, please send him that letter. I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna ask your permission to read it. It's a letter from a convicted person who's on death row. And he speaks about the situation. And just roughly before I read the letter, he said, mom, he says, um, he says, um, if, if, uh, if the law was 100% was fair, I would not be the only one being being executed, you would be executed as well. I'm gonna just give you that part and then I'm gonna read the letter to tell you why he came with that thought and because it made all the sense in the world. And, um, but that's some of the stuff that we're faced with on a daily basis. We're faced with, instead of the discipline, we get the coddling. We, with the, the coddling grows up young men into troubled teenagers and then from troubled teenagers into, you know, crazy grown men, you know, that, that, that is, it, get, it, it, it saddens me as a person who's done so many things. I've been blessed, you know, to have been a, a part of so many different organizations, helping people, feeding the people who are in between their blessings, you know, and watching people um, 
one of the schools I graduated from was Proscolis and I became a recruiter and I went out to recruit people. I, re I never forget the story. I recruited a young man um, that could speak three languages. He was a veteran, but he, he chose to sell drugs. Married guy, nice guy. He used to come into the facility to eat. And um, one day I offered him an opportunity to go to school for free. He took me on, he took me up on that. He, the school didn't want to hire him because he didn't have the proper clothing because he didn't have business attire. I fought for him. He wound up becoming the, the highest graduate in the school's history. And, um, and I, I, I also I'll part, read part of the letter that he sent, that he sent to me, thanking me for, for helping him. And that's what we need to do more. We need to reach out and help more of the young men and women that are distressed, that will lead them down a path that normally they wouldn't have gone down had they had some assistance. So I think we need to reach out more. That's my thought on that. I'm gonna to try to find this and prepare myself to go on screen. The floor is back to you. Thank you so okay. much. So everyone is pretty long-winded. So we wanna give everyone <laughs> a fair opportunity to express themselves. So I didn't wanna interrupt anyone because everyone right. has to be important to say J that. J Jason should have told you that. He should have told you that at the beginning. <laughs> Everyone has something to say that will be definitely valuable to my listeners, and that's important. Um, so the next question I like to pose and put on the floor is, what about, we know that we need to start from the home. We realize that people need help and things like that. But what do you do when you see a young man acting inappropriate or, or your friends with a young man or when I say young, he doesn't have to be in his teens, could be a, in his twenties, early twenties. Or if you have associates or acquaintance who you hear discussing the fact that they might be abusive to their significant other, their girlfriend, their friend, their wife, whatever their relationship might be. How would you approach that situation? Anyone can respond. Because this is going to give people ideas how to approach it. That's what I'm looking for. You know, Eric Watson here, the, 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 thing, the thing is, is, you know, um, hey, step to him. You see something. You see something like that that's close to you, or something that's not close to you. And hey, hey, hold up! What's going on here? You know, you actually put yourself in 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 the way of of, of the young lion cub. You know, and yo, that's not that's not acceptable. You know, now what you're doing is that you're putting yourself in a position where if he is acting in that fashion, because it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody you know. It could be somebody that you don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but you're putting yourself you're putting yourself in a position where now you're the sounding board. You're the one, you know, um, there in some way, some days, somehow it's you can do it gracefully. And in some ways you have to come at it full force. Now, understanding that. And I, I believe. A lot of times when that happens is because you put your. When you make a decision to step out like that is because you've either been in that situation before and there was nothing done. And now and now you are allowing your memory to mm -hmm. to uh, help you. Act appropriately to stop something from going on that if it didn't turn out right with you, it's damn sure it's not going to turn out right with somebody else. Okay. And. Um, you know, it's just the, it's just a human thing, not the man thing. It's the human thing. Yo, what's going on here? What's happening? You know, what's, what's going on? You know, no, uh, no, no. That's, that's not the way to talk. Would you want somebody to talk to you like that? Okay. You're putting, you're putting yourself in, in quote unquote, depending upon where you are and what's going on in, in harm's way, but in your heart and your spirit, you know, what's right. And you know, what's wrong. And you know how that thing had affected you and you don't want anybody else. It's a, it's a funny thing about memory. Memory allows you to never forget. Never forget. Okay. 
And memory has a tendency to 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 pay, to take you right back to that place where you were when it happened to you or to somebody you love. And you're like, no, no, no. Hold, hold up. Hold up. You know, uh, uh, we were we were on the phone together and we were talking about the incident. I don't know. We're talking about the incident where this young man was on a subway and he grabbed a woman's hair and, pull, and pulled her. And uh, everybody on the call was like, yo, you know. Ain't no way in the world I'm gonna sit by and I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at a guy grab a woman by the hair and pull her off the train and mm. not in some kind of way because we have mothers, we have sisters, we have girlfriends, we have wives. It's like, wow. And you would feel really bad in your heart if you knew that jumped off and you weren't around and it was men around and they didn't act appropriately. Okay. I okay. And keep in mind, everyone, also that the things, if it's someone you don't know, the fear and the possibility with today environment that you could be possibly be injured. So keep that in mind, if especially if it's someone you don't know, someone you're familiar with, then you kind of hopefully understand to what extreme they'll take it, how far they'll push it if you stop them. But if it's someone you don't know, never met before in your life, there's always that part of your mind. With today, how far do I want to put myself in arm's way to possibly not coming home to my family tonight? And that's always the thought. So Jason, Ron. Yes, I'd like to jump in on that. Yeah. Um, and I thank you for that question. Um, hopefully you can hear me all right. Yes. Um, okay, thank you. Uh, brother Watson, we're, still, we, we're getting that noise in your background, brother. Um, and I know they're recording this. Um, so I would say this. Uh, I had that situation occur with my son. One of my twins and I were on the train and there were some elders and a, a bunch of school school people, school kids got on, teenagers. And they were, the profanity was flying off the walls of the train right around the where the elders were sitting. Mm-hmm. I was getting infuriated and my, my, my kids know how I am. So um, I waited till we got to our stop and my son exited the train. The reason that that was because I wanted to make sure he was safe based on what I was about to do. So I stopped the train, I stood in the doorway of the train so the doors wouldn't close and I confronted the young people. I said, you know, there are elders on this train and what you're showing is, 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 is horrible. Uh, I don't remember exactly my words, this was a little while ago, but they stopped and looked at me. It got a little aggressive to some degree, but I didn't let that thwart what I was sending the message. I wasn't um, aggressively uh, threatening them. I was letting them know to pay attention to what this could be your mother sitting here, could be your aunt, your grandmother sitting here. Now, I don't know what their relationships with those people may be, as I stated earlier. They may not care about those people. So my words may have went in one ear out the other, but it struck a chord with two of them. And they said, listen, we're sorry. And I said, I appreciate you being sorry, but please be careful what you say out your mouth. Be careful of your actions in and around our elders. Um, and the guy said, thank you. My son was said, dad, dad. And I said, dad, I'm good. Um, you make a valid point. Uh, and I think Brother Watson said it as well. You have to be careful of your own safety uh, um, when you're confronted, because you never know. I mean, what you see today, stabbing, shooting, it could happen, the, the child could be as young as 13, or as old as myself is, and things can happen. I'm kind of blessed, I, I, you know, I've trained in martial arts as well as a couple of the other brothers on this call right now. Not that that stops a bullet, um, but it does give me a bit of a surety that if I'm close enough, I can handle the situation to take it in another direction. You know, um, something Brother Watson mentioned about the uh, the man grabbing the woman's hair. Uh, Brother Watson, I found out that was a woman that did that. That was a woman. We, we all thought it was a man, but it happened to be a woman. Um, but it doesn't matter, whoever it was, people just stayed there and nobody acted. I, I couldn't see myself sitting in, a, in, a, in a, a train or anywhere in that subject, that situation happened and I didn't act. So you do have to be careful, but you do have to understand how you're about to go into that situation. If you're going to be aggressive at that, that person may come back aggressive, you know? So I I think that's a good point. And it's something that we continue to look at. How do we approach a situation, whatever it may be? 
you know, uh, that we happen to come approach, we approach whether it's a person we know or whether it's a person we don't know. You know, if it's a person I know, I try to speak directly to that person who's being the aggressor. I said, listen, listen, can I speak to you for a second? You know, no matter what, I'll try to calm that moment. And I'm pretty good in my community. So people know me. If it happens in my community, it'll happen where that person will give me that moment of respect to step away from that situation. Sure. But outside of that, it, it, it's, it's a coin to us, <laughs> you know, yeah. but you're just trying to save a life. The floor is back to you, ma'am. Okay, um, Anthony, Jason, and there's a gentleman on there, Spencer. Spencer, we haven't met. Hi, Spencer. Pause for a minute. Let Spencer introduce himself, please. And if you have a business, um, you also can at this opportunity state what your business are. Well, right now, the brothers on the call, we all together, brothers in business. So we, you know, we, we link into each other, you know, by faith and by, you know, by soul. But just commenting on the topics that we're bringing forward. You know, if you see situations happening, for me, if you're right, don't worry about the consequences. Mm -hmm. Military man, uh, worked in the psychiatric unit 20 plus years. So different aggressions that I see, I have to be on toes and be aware of and how to defuse it and how to you know take it to another place if I have to switch it on and switch it over. So it's a lot of incidents, I'm aware of, aware of that. And for me, if I see a situation, I would monitor the body language of the individuals. Of, are they aggressive or they just talking loud, but they still acting in a dis, dis, uh, disruptive form, okay? That's how I would present myself. And I would let them know, fellas, even young ladies, what you're doing is not right, it's not cute, and you're disrespecting yourself. Because at the end of the day, you don't know who on, in this train, bus, store is watching you. Because it could be a, a day where you, that person sitting here watching you, you might have to see these people for a job, see these people to handle money situations, see these people about your credit. And now you put yourself in, in a situation. Now let's take it a step further. Now, early in the conversation, we were talking about uh, violence between men and women, such as, I don't agree with, and there's times that, I, you know, I had to intervene, I mean, you know, and I would say to, I'm just gonna use uh, the gentleman. We as species are males, but that doesn't mean you're a man. As a species, you're a male, but that doesn't mean you're a man. A man, to me, is one that, deals with positive consequences and common sense. Cause we all have you know, opportunities to do the right thing. Now you have some people due to certain lifestyles, upbringing, things go to the left, to the right. But that's still no excuse because the brothers that we hear on the call, everybody had their ups and downs you know, coming through the ranks. I had my share, could took me another way. But I knew I wanted better for myself. I've seen some negativity. I haven't seen violence in my own home with my own parents. But as I got older, I nipped it in the bud. You know, I nipped it in the bud. But like I said, you have to understand the process, the people, and me not being, you know, I'm just speaking for myself. Yeah. A lot of time when I hear men saying, oh, I handle father. Um, the white man is, I didn't have no opportunity, nobody cared and stuff like that. Me personally, that's an excuse. Because everything they're stating, I lived that. I lived that. And I can only say today, I'm living a fine life because I took the opportunity to be on calls such as this, listen to male and females about different things in life, and to be in different countries and learning about other cultures, nationalities, and things that's happening in the world. Okay. Able to move on and understand. Not just saying I learned what I seen on my, my block, but I was able to go three blocks over, two states over, countries over to learn about individuals and about the mannerism of male and, and female. 
get an understanding instead of when you hear something, just blow up. Well, I can sit back and say, okay, let me analyze this. Let me take it this route. But once again, we as men can't be using excuses uh, such as I, I just mentioned. We have to look past that. Have to look past that. There's no excuses because if you use, make too many excuses, that's what you're going to live on. That's going to be your word. Excuses, your livelihood. Excuses. So like I said, just moving forward. If something's not correct, whether I know them or not, I will address the situation. And like I said, by watching the body language, which I'm accustomed to doing, is how I will approach the individual. Close back open. Thank you. Okay. Anthony. I'm just coming out of mute. It okay. just made me just really resonate certain instances where as uh, put like this, I was going to, I used to manage uh, a black-owned fish market at home, which I used to have a lot of little kids come by my store, show me their report cards, and I would give them french fries. And it was this young man. He will always come to the store. This we talk about like 2000, 2005. He will always come to the store, show me his report card. And I'll give him a dollar, two dollars, and I'll give him an order of french fries. Fast forward 10 years later, I'm on a sixth train coming from work. And it's a group of high school kids in the car. And I recognize. And it's like, we got on that Brooklyn Bridge, but he was with some cut up kids. And they started lighting the paper on fire. So I walked over to him. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? What I always tell you, it's not what, the, what you do in life, but the people that you keep around. I said, where you at now? You in high school. You get ready to graduate. You're going to college. I said, this is what you want? If I see your mama, I'm going to tell her. And we got on that Brooklyn Bridge by 14th Street. And they put the fires out. And all of the kids that was around, my calling they're looking at, who's this man? He's just on the train. But he knew me. He knew I knew his mother. When I looked up by 14th Street, they were still on the train. But he was gone. The next time I seen him on the train uptown, uh, about four or five years later, he had gotten married, finished college, had a family, and was doing good. He said, thank you, sir. I said, that's what I was supposed to do. So nowadays, when I look at, if you, if, you know, and you, we all see a lot of how young men be talking to the women, young females how the females be going back at them. And it's real dangerous. Mm -hmm. Maybe if we know him, the person he may know might have, and I'll repeat this again, underlying issue. He may snap on you. So we have to walk a, a, a fine rope. But when you have someone and you have their ear, they ear, they ear, that's like if you say, yo, walk away, my man. He just walk away. Not even question. That's because he respects you to the utmost. Just walk away. I often tell people, young men that I know that was going through, I wouldn't say domestic problems with their other half or their wives, and I would question them like this, just walk away. It's better for you to walk away today and feel less than the man to have you be put in a situation where you may be locked up. Sure. Just walk away. And I tell them, if I can share some of the things that I went through when I didn't have no one and I didn't understand what I went through, if I could share with you, is my gift to you. Just walk away. Even if you have to totally walk away, walk away. Because in the long run, if you let it uh, settle inside of you, you're going to become angry. And then it's going to take you to another level. And then you may get proud. And then you may do something that you may regret. She may say something to you, and you may just smack upside. Just walk away, and you prevent all that. Even if it hurts, just walk away. Okay, that's good advice. Jason? Um, you know, taking from what all the brothers said, definitely, you know, intervening in a situation like that, you should never put yourself at risk to become another victim. Um, but once you can get the aggressor's air, you know, 
Brother Rainey said it right. You know, walk away. It's, it's, it's better to walk away now and feel less of a man than to possibly lose your manhood. And we all know how that goes. Um, but it's, it's, is the person receptive to taking advice? Are they so blinded by whatever they're going through that, you know, they just won't hear anything? It's, you know, uh, you, you never want to put yourself in danger and become another victim because that just creates a whole other situation. But I definitely agree with what everyone said. As a man, um, you know, being male doesn't make you a man. But as a man, it's your responsibility to address injustice, abuse, uh, you know, to, to be that intermediary, to, to say, you know, to uphold right from wrong. And uh, that's, that's something I stand, uh, I stand by. So, you know, we all know that you're not gonna put yourself in, in harm's way, uh, but if you can get that person's air as the aggressor, oh yeah, as a man, I'm gonna step in. I, I'm, I, I can't stand to see anyone being bullied. I have to say something, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go stand in front of the gun. I would hope not. But if I can get, you know, if if I can get their air, oh yeah, you know, it's definitely uh, be the voice of reason. Why not? Floors back to you. Okay, so I'm posing a lot of questions here because once again, this is um, the podcast is basically as people listen to it. It's about stimulating people's mind to open their mind and think of ways that they can go into their community and have a discussion about this. And once again, the discussion is basically about how do we get the abuser to be accountable where the woman can right now, women are have the burden of explaining to everyone why they were abused. And we know abuse go both way, but this particular podcast is about male being the aggressor. And a lot of women, they are being told by the community, even by their own peers, other women, like, why didn't you get out? Why didn't you leave? What did you do to him? Why, you, why? It's, it's a lot of why for the women who has been just abused and no one ever stopped to ask the guys, why did you hit her? Why couldn't you walk away? And once again, we know go both ways, but this is focusing on the guys being the abuser because they are the greater percentage do fall on the main, the male being the abuser. And how do we get those guys um, to acknowledge that they are doing something wrong and how do we get them to change their mindset and the change of mindset occur when you acknowledge what you're doing is not correct? Then you can start the process of changing or, or leaving, whatever direction. So how do we get the guys them to say, nah, and how do we start the communication within our community and put the feeler out for whoever is listening if you see things around going around you, what would you tell these people who are listening? How do they start that process? There's no right and wrong way to start anything, but just to get their mind start working and start thinking because it's around us 24 seven, we you can't, you can't miss it. Well, one of the things that, this is Ron McClammy speaking, one of the things that I've done with my children, my daughters especially, is always let them know, know the person that you're dating. Get some understanding of their background. Know their history. You know, know how they treat their families. Know what's happening in their family uh, um, dynamics. You have a better idea of what you're about to now engage into. Because what's, what's, always, a shine, what's always shiny doesn't necessarily mean it's a good piece. You know, so you want to look at that. You want to pay attention to signs. I tell it to my sons as well. You know, don't just let the pretty face engage you into something that can be the worst horror you've ever had, as well as the young lady. I think we tend to 
a lot of young women who engage themselves in relationships with abusive men, sometimes looking for a father figure. That takes me back to what I said initially. They didn't have a man in the house to actually to raise them in a way or to give them the tutoring or the mentoring that they needed to, to tell them, listen, this is what you go for. This is what you look for. Not say so much you look for a man like a, like your father, hopefully the father was a good person, but if you don't, you look for someone that has certain attributes. We tend not to do that. You asked that question about how do we get to the men in our community? Well, we do similar work, which is reach out. We have different uh, reach out uh, um, sessions. We reach out to people, we invite people. We are doing, we're in the process of doing more of that and building on that community, you know, uh, each one teach one. So we're reaching out to be able to grab a young man who may be the leader of 10 young men and they may have that conversation. I truly believe if you can't get the group, you may get the one that's part of the group that may be able to share that message. So as long as we're doing more of that, we tend to be an active part of the community, which allows us now to spread that word. And it's also, we do things by example. Okay, um, once again, I was blessed to watch my mom and father work out situations at the dining room table, um, you know, sit there to see them work together. Um, a lot of us didn't see that, but we doesn't mean we don't understand it. And we should be able to get that, in, that understanding out among the young men that are out there. That's the point, you know, is to show by example, lead by example, um, speak to the young women and the young men about the chosen ones in their lives. Make sure it's someone that, you, that you're going to go to discipline, with, not just something that's a night fling or something that you say, hey, they look good. You know, I can't wait to get them in the house. You know, where's it going to go after that? You know, so I think a lot of that has to play in our choices and who we are, who's speaking to us, you know, um, Jason mentioned earlier, my brother, brother Midas mentioned earlier, who's speaking to you at home? Where's those home conversations going at that early age? And he mentioned, uh, it's so funny, he mentioned something about the ages of uh, five years old. The, that understanding goes into effect when they're three, when they're starting by, you know, by a certain early age, they've already looked at the matrix of what they're going to do. If they're listening in the house and they're hearing you cursing and yelling and, and seeing the physical abuse, and this becomes part of their matrix, whether they're little or not, they see that. And then their children are sponges. So what do we do today? We try to squeeze that sponge. We try to wring that sponge out by having conversations, groups. Are, I don't care if you go outside your house and you sit on the steps and you call a couple of young men over, you know, to be a part of a conversation, create a conversation. I speak to all the young men in my neighborhood, every one of them. Every one of them know me and they know that I'm a level-headed person and whatever I'm going to say to them, it has some benefit for them. Whether they take heed of that or not is a different matter. But every time they see me, I'm going to give it to them. I'm going to give it to them. I'm going to give it to them. So I think that's um, that's so very important to your question, you know, of what do we do and how do we do it? We do things that they can be a part of, okay? So we try to intertwine ourselves in some of their activities on a regular basis, whatever they may do, we may show up, you know, and say, listen, I got something for you guys. We're about to do this, we're having this. Or, you know, we did a thing where we had young people go out to assist seniors in their shopping, give them something that they're not used to doing, but it helps them to understand. That's my thought on that. And I did find that letter, so I wanna read that to you shortly when you get a chance. I think it's very important to this conversation. Okay, the floor is back to you, Ms. Brown. So um, the same question is posed, but also think about if a few, just imagine your audience being a variety of young adults, male, from the age of 21 and up, and they're in a community with seeing different things around them. What would you tell them to how to start to go out? Ron, you have said a few things already, you know, just speak to anyone, just grab the one who you feel that might be the leader and so forth and so on. What else can you tell those individual who wants to make change, who wants to start the ball rolling and also, how do you counsel, it's two questions I'm asking. Um, one, if you're speaking to young people and they're, they're willing, they want to start change, 
how do they set that process into motion? And the next question is, if you have someone to come to you and say, I beat my girlfriend, wife slash, and I don't feel good about it. I don't know what's wrong with me. How do I change? I know what I'm doing is wrong. How do I start the process to make the change? Because I do want that relationship to work. I, I, I would say this, and I'm gonna pass the floor to and, my brother. And don't be lengthy, I, I, don't be lengthy. No, 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 be okay. real short. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would direct him to counseling. Okay. You know, I'm not a counselor, but I would definitely direct him to relationship counseling. I'm a pastor floor would say that, give the floor back. <laughs> okay. Whoever wants to jump in, jump right in. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah. For one, and this is my pet peeve, and I tell all young men the same, you know, and, I, and I've been doing it for years. Same way I talk to my male friends, I don't talk to a young lady or a woman. Mm -hmm. If I see a woman, I'm saying, hello, how you doing? It's not, what's up? Stuff like that. Or I'm going to call her by her name. I'm not going to say, what's up, mom? Mm -hmm. And I tell guys, I said, when you approach young ladies and older women, you don't talk to them like you're talking to your guys in the street. It's a different form. It's a different form, for one. Because for one, when you start talking to the young ladies, like you talk to your friends in the street, that's the first sign of disrespect. Because you can call your, your male friends different names and stuff like that, but you can't have the same language talking to a young lady and thinking, oh, but we cool, we homies. No, 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 because that starts the level of disrespect right there because you don't have enough respect for her to call her by her name. You know, even if you call her beautiful, whatever, but respect level when you start in the conversation. Second, if, a, if an individual comes to me and say, listen, I hit my, my, my girlfriend, wife, or whatever, I can sit there and have a conversation. Because once again, by working in psychiatry, I have seen and been exposed to a lot of things such as, you know, violence one-on-one, -on -one, people hurting themselves or hurting others. So I have to have that contact, the conversation with them so they can understand the mistakes that they've made and how we can go and make those you know, changes. And then my voice, and like I said, it's not, I'm not going to tell them something they want to hear. No, I'm not going to do that. But I can have my voice to a pitch where they can know I'm serious about when I'm speaking. And I will let them, you know, vent and say what they, they need to hear, what they want to say. But I'm going to break it down to them. You know, from a, ABC, this is what it is. And I'm not going to say to you, well, I'm, I'm you know, this is the way I, I live my life. But I'm gonna let you see the mistakes that you're making, which can cost you later on, later on down, down the line. So, once again, we can have the conversation. Young man, listen, you know, this is what you're feeling, and this is what you've done. Explain to me why you did that. Do you understand why you did that? What was the conversation to take you to another place where you didn't have to go? Why couldn't you just sit and you know, listen to what was being said and then? Y'all can break it down and have a conversation. So what pushes your button? Because it's not that young lady. It could be somebody else. It could be a family. It could be his mother, his sister. can push, push the same button. Still a woman, regardless. So what is it that makes you pushing your buttons to, to go to violence against women? Because lots of times, men that abuse women, they don't do it. They don't abuse men. They won't. They'll back down to a man, but they'll abuse a woman. So you have to find out what's setting you off for you to feel that way. And like I said, listen to what they, they say and then break it down and then you repeat to them what they're saying so they can understand. They can't tell you you're wrong because you're repeating everything they're saying to you. So they can understand this is not right. Now each day or whatever time we have, we're going to have to figure this out because next time you have a conversation with anyone, a woman, <laughs> You won't let it take you to another place. And if you feel that you're starting to get that energy and rise up, let me walk away and come back. And when I should say to individuals when I was on the job, if you're feeling that, that way, go in the room, punch, punch the pillow, go screen, close the door, and yell, and come back. And that's the same advice I go over here and scream and come back and finish that conversation. Okay. Take your time and understand the conversation so you can 
finish it off. And like I said, even you have to walk away two and three times, if that's what you need to do for you to grasp and get just you know hold of yourself, do it. And the more you do it, it'll become a habit and you understand the mistakes that you're doing. Now I'm quite sure four or five times you're walking away and yelling and you go, you're gonna start understanding what's going on because you can't keep doing that for so long because they can take you to a place where you can't come back, flow back open. Okay. Anyone who wants to jump in? Okay. No, 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 Mr. Watson here. I just, I just wanted to, to find out uh, the time sequence until I, and you know, getting into something. I, I didn't want to get into anything lengthy, but then again, it, it is a lengthy response based on all of the, all of the responses that were given. I, I think, I think one of the most important things is to teach people how to love themselves. Mm -hmm. um, how to love yourself, learn how to communicate, because a lot of people based on, and I, I won't say a lot of people, but certain people that have a tendency to be violent, what's going on is that they have allowed themselves to react as opposed to respond, which is the, the, the react is, you know, anything that's said, you know, I'm just going to react to show as opposed to responding, think about what it is that you're doing. You know, you, 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 you feel your action is an action of someone who feels powerless. If you're beating up on somebody, you're powerless. That's bottom line. You believe the only way that you can communicate what's on your agenda is by being violent. So you haven't allowed yourself the ability to know how to communicate with somebody. And you're too concerned with being understood as opposed to learning how to understand. Understand what's going on. Understand why the person is acting the way they do. My nephew called me up not too long ago about a situation with his adopted son and his natural born son. And I, I take my hat off to him because he called me up and said, Unc, what do you think I should do? Now, I, I'm believing that's because that's the way we've always been from day one. Okay. Thank you, man. I love you. There is a situation where there was, I was at a restaurant, an outdoor restaurant a while ago, and a bunch of young African men came out of school and they were, hey, 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 you know, they were being, they were being young men. And I was like, wow, this is a lot of energy here. And I noticed that there were several people who passed by that were nervous by what they were doing. So I just asked them some questions and it's questions that as brothers in business, we ask, you know, we ask amongst ourselves, like, you know, what are you guys reading? What are you doing? Oh man, I'm reading. What are you into? What do you like? Well, you know, I want to own my own business and stuff like that. And I said, wow, you know, and uh, I didn't get deep into, how, into uh, who I was and what I was doing. I just showed some interest. And in and, and doing that, I, I, you know, remembered some names. And later on that evening, a couple of the young brothers, which were teenagers, they connected me through Facebook, which was amazing. I said, wow, okay. <laughs> so I realized what transpired. So I have, I'm, I'm a subscriber to Entrepreneurial and uh, Success Magazine, and I have a lot of backdated magazines. And I was about to throw those magazines out. And I knew these young brothers come through here on a regular basis. So what I did was I made it my business to take those magazines and say, hey, hey brothers, instead of me just telling you what it is you should do, check out these magazines. And they had pictures of, 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 of magic and people in business. And I was like, wow. And, and they said, hey, thank you. Thank you. You know, so it is things based on what we shared as men on this call that we have to go outside ourselves. And we don't have to go outside ourselves, but the most, the most fantastic thing that you can do is Give somebody some guidance. Okay. That's the most fantastic thing you can do. And when a and, and when a person when a person sees that you care, I had a I had a young brother that was smoking some reefer in front of my building, and uh, another brother came to him, man, was getting ready to bash his head in. I did the unconventional thing. I know his mother. I know his father. There's no way in the world I just was going to just walk in the building and act like nothing to help jumped off. So I stood in. To this day, every time I, I I share with him, he's like, hey, yo, yo, EG, 
OG, I appreciate you, man. I say, hey, man, ain't nothing, man. Never brought it up to his parents. They don't need to know. But he he knows that there's somebody outside of his family that cares for him. And it's amazing because a lot of people are watching us. A lot of the young men and young women are watching us, watching how we behave, watching what we do. And there's a there's a level of, 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 of emulation. And when you're talking about, you know, how do how are you with your mate? Do you seem courteous? Do you seem do you seem uh, 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 a You know, uh, how are you with women in your neighborhood? As it was stated, how are you? Go about your business. Be respectful. And I, I believe that when people see that, they have a tendency to see there's another level of power that you're exerting. And it's not I'm gonna kick your ass. Excuse my French. Mm-hmm. It's about how you doing. I'm okay. You can be okay too. You know. I turn the floor back over. Okay. Before we go any further, um, we're going to wrap up this session. Um, I gave a little speech earlier, so um, whoever is not familiar, um, Jason will text you, Eric will text you, but we're going to wrap this up. Um, this is a very interesting, and I like the pace. It's a very calm tone, and I like that. And so we will be having a part two. So I'm going to wrap this up and Ms. we will definitely start a part two. Ms. Brown, yes. can I, I just want to ask you one question, if you don't yes. mind. Um, I wanted to read that letter to you. It's a very short letter. And I think it's very intuitive to what we're talking about. If you don't mind, it's a really short letter. Okay. I won't say anything. I won't no, say no, anything. Okay. So, okay, we'll do the letter in part one. <laughs> And for part two, we're gonna um, we will definitely need to have a part two. But you had mentioned this to me numerous times, so okay, do your letter, and then we'll wrap it up, and we will. Um, this would definitely need you. part two. I thank you. Can you guys hear me? Okay, everybody can hear me well. Yes. Okay, this was written by a young inmate. Uh, it's called the Black Star Project. It says, "Train a child in the way he shall go." A death row inmate awaiting execution asked a last wish, a pencil and a paper. After writing for several minutes, the convict called the prison guard and asked that the letter be handed over to his biological mother. The letter said, mother, if there were more justice in the world, we would both be executed, not just me. You're as guilty as I am for the life I have led. Remind yourself when I sold and brought home the bicycle of a boy like me, you helped me to hide the bicycle from my father would not see it. Do you remember the time I stole money from the neighbor's wallet? You went with me to the mall to spend it. Do you remember when I argued with my father and now he's gone? He just wanted to correct me because I stole the final result of the competition and for that I had been expelled. Mom, I was just a child shortly after I became a troubled teenager and now I'm a pretty malformed man. Mom, I was just a child in need of correction, not approval, but I forgive you. I just want this letter to reach the greatest number of parents in the world so they can know what makes all people good or bad is education. I thank you, mother, for giving me life and also for helping me lose it. Your child offender. Thank you so much for allowing me to read that, Ms. Brown. You're welcome. My pleasure. Um, like I said, this is a very good conversation that we're having. And based on time, I definitely would like to wrap up this session. We will definitely be getting back together. And um, Jason, please text everyone um, the process. So um, I'm gonna wrap it up now and then we'll just, um, then we'll meet again. Remember everyone, self-love, self-care with positive affirmation is feeding one mind, body, soul, and spirit. Remember you are worthy of all good things that comes your way. And a reminder to everyone, this was a wonderful podcast. We have just definitely require part two. We have pretty much reached our mark and I want to keep the audience engaged and not, you know, fall out. So we will be bringing these gentlemen in again in a part two. So um, this podcast is self-discovery. Um, on Facebook, you can find me under Self Survivor Empower Life Coach Financial. On the Instagram, you can find me on the Self Transition Life Coach. And my website is Survivor Empower Life Coach Financial. So with all, all the good things that have been said tonight, 
these gentlemen will be back again for part two. And we're looking forward to hearing them again.